Good morning, Grace Church. It is so good to see all of you here on campus. Those joining on Facebook Live and live stream, we're so glad you're part of the service today. Look at somebody and tell them you're glad to see them in church. Oh yeah, that sounds good. Sounds good. I just believe we're going to have a great service today. I believe we're going to experience the presence of God. And I am open to whatever He wants to do. How about you? Amen. Amen. Before we start with our worship set this morning, let me just remind you of a couple of things. First of all, remember Tuesday morning prayer, 10 o'clock right here in the sanctuary. Uh, if you're able to come on Tuesday morning, your schedule allows, we're inviting you to come and help us pray. And then um, on, the, on Sunday the 21st, uh, Brother Steve Cannon, Director of Children's Ministries for the United Pentecostal Church, will be with us in the 11 o'clock service. And Brother A.J. Holloway on January 28th. So we've got a couple of guest speakers coming up. Mark your calendar. Bring somebody with you on those services. And let's see what God will do. Amen. Amen. I want to take just a moment right here, the beginning of the service, just a very brief moment, uh, and announce to you something very exciting, very happy about this. It's another... Um, just a, another step in, in our church and in, in developing folks and, and seeing growth in different ministries. Uh, for, a, for a long time now, we have a well-established JV worship band. You're, you're familiar with the JV worship band. Um, they've done a tremendous job. They've, they've, various ones of them play even sometimes on Sundays. And uh, that is a very well-established ministry. It's not just the worship band of tomorrow, they're the worship band of today in some, some aspects, but we are training them and preparing them for future leadership. Well, now we have added to that, and what I'm excited to tell you about today, we've added to that a JV vocal team, and so absolutely, amen, amen. So Sister Casey Watley, Sister Sherry Bunch. Uh, held auditions. These these young people, these students had to have auditions to make the JV vocal team. And uh, Sister Casey and Sister Sherry will be working with them, training them, developing them in singing. And uh, over time, you will probably be seeing them in some form or fashion singing alongside our adult praise team or maybe an altar service, maybe in a youth service. You just never know. They're going to uh, explore that path as it open, opens up to them. But again, these young ladies had to audition, and uh, they made it. They made the JV uh, vocal team, and I want to just present to you Elena Bunch, Shauna Cooper, Allison Montgomery, and Greeley Patrick. They're our founding members of our JV vocal team. Yeah, let's give them some appreciation. It's a big accomplishment. Amen. Amen. So pray for that ministry. Pray for that serve team. Pray for that JV team that God will use them, that they'll learn, they'll grow, and who knows, the, the future is bright, who knows what God will do with them, but I believe God will do great things, amen, amen. Stand with me this morning, are you ready to worship the Lord? There's an excitement here, there's an electricity here, and it's the presence of God. I just want you to know, you've come into a place where the presence of God is. Let's worship the Lord, Grace Church, today, let's give it all we got. God bless you today in Jesus' name.
ever do you ever think of do you ever dream of being there one day in that golden city kneeling before the throne of God and worshiping him seeing him as he is what a day that's going to be thank the Lord thank the Lord what a great day that's going to be amen thank the Lord thank the Lord God bless you you may be seated we're going to go to the Word of the Lord momentarily. We want to welcome everybody here today again. Uh, those of you joining us on live stream, Facebook Live, thank you uh, for being a part of our service today. And everyone that's here today, welcome to Grace Church. We're glad you're here today. And uh, what, a, what a great environment. What a great place to be today. I'm glad I'm here to see what I say, see, to feel what I feel to experience what I'm experiencing right now, and uh, if you folks will give me a little latitude right now, but we have a very special guest with us today that I am 
so excited about. I'm glad to have Miss Tony here today. Uh, <laughs> Miss Tony, most of these people, nearly all of these people know who you are because you work at my most favorite restaurant. And all of these people will tell you that that is my favorite restaurant. Works at Wingstop, and uh, she is a tremendous person. Uh, I'm very thankful to have had the opportunity to meet her, and uh, for all of you that like to poke at me for going to Wingstop so much, it's paid off. We have somebody that works at Wingstop here with us today. never forget the Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, I walked in there and she expressed her heart. She said, I've seen you come in. I've seen you come in with your wife, even another family with you. And I, I knew something was different. And uh, we ended up having a wonderful prayer time right there in the middle of Wingstop. And that was, that was wonderful, Miss Tony. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for coming. And uh, certainly, hope and pray that the service is a blessing to you. Thank the Lord. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to read some uh, scripture text in a few moments. This will be a little bit different today, but we're going to go ahead and launch right into what I want to present to you. This is coming today from my heart uh, with a lot of passion, with um, uh, I have felt very compelled to speak to you today what, I, what I'm about to present. And I want to, I don't like to give things labels all the time, but if I've ever preached a pastoral January sermon beginning the new year, this is going to be one of them. All of us have heard the old saying that everything that glitters isn't gold. And while that is still true, it's a very true statement, very wise statement, I want to preach to you for a little while this morning that some things that glitter are gold. They are gold. So let's launch into this presentation today. While we all know that everything that glitters isn't gold, it's really amazing to me at the number of people that apparently really believe that everything that does glitter in our world is gold. You know this by the choices they make. You know this by the lives they live. You know this by the way they even raise their children. They introduce to their children and family glittery things, but it's not gold. I believe today that I found real gold when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost way back in 1969. Amen. It's still real. It still works. It's still powerful. And I'm thankful I have it. Amen. I'm very confident here today that we all know that gold, that is real gold, is one of the most valuable commodities on earth. And there may be some people here today that have some real true gold Stored away safely somewhere in a, a safe deposit box. 
God bless you, I guess, if you do. But I'm not here today to talk about real gold, but I want the word gold in this presentation today to represent the truest, most believable level of quality Christianity possible. I want that word to represent honest, true blue, Christian moral people, people that love God with all of their heart. That's what I want the word gold here today to represent. In addition to that, when I use the word gold today, I want it to represent Jesus. There's nothing more golden than Jesus. I want it to represent the Bible. I want it to represent the kingdom of God, even the church. And I do believe today that there are some things that glitter is real gold in this context. Things that you can place your faith in. Things that you can put your trust in. First of all, first and foremost, I believe that heaven is one of those things that's real gold. That's literally pure gold, but real gold. I believe it glitters. I believe it shines because it's real. It glitters and it shines because it's the real thing. I am confident that it is truly what the Bible says that it is. In Revelation 21, verse 1, the Bible said, John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. I love verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true, and these words are faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. And he that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. If you're looking for something real, if you're looking for something everlasting, if you're looking for something that promises a life and an environment that's immeasurable and insurpassable by anything we know here today, I recommend putting your sight on that golden city called heaven. Everybody clap your hands for the Lord. I truly want to go there today. I want to be a part of it. And as our praise team just saying, I want to stand with those that have heard, well done. 
I believe heaven is real. And I believe that one day soon I'm going to join with the multiplied millions of people who are already there. Heaven is real gold and it's still waiting on us. And it's the promise of our glorious future. If heaven is in our future, we also have gold in our past. It's not real gold like heaven, but its value and its worth is far above and beyond what we can imagine. What you're seeing on the screen, what you're seeing represented on the screen, it's not a pretty place. As a matter of fact, it's not a huge tourist attraction like a lot of other places are, but it's a place called Calvary. The value of the place may not be that valuable according to earthly standards, but the sacrifice that was paid there for us and for our sin is immeasurable. And Calvary means everything to me because without it, none of us would be here today. We can have forgiveness of sin because of Calvary. We can have healing because of Calvary. We can be redeemed because of Calvary. We can go to heaven because of Calvary. We can have a relationship with God because of Calvary. And I thank God today for the price he paid on the cross of Calvary. There's something else for our present. We've got heaven in our future. Calvary happened in the past. Still applicable, but happened a long time ago. But God also has something of value that's in our present day. I thank God for the church. Amen. I thank God today because around this world, there are untold millions of people who've been blood-bought, who have been saved by the grace and mercy of God, who've repented of their sin and have been baptized in the beautiful name of Jesus and have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I thank God for the church, but not only am I thankful for the church, I'm glad I'm in it. I'm glad I'm a part of it. I'm glad to be here today. Hallelujah to God. And where, where I thank God today, I'm being a little selfish Maybe my, my, my gratitude, I guess, is coming out. I thank God for the church worldwide, but I thank God for that church you see on the screen. For those of you that, not, that may not recognize that picture, that's a picture of the building you're currently sitting in. That's Grace Church. And I thank God for this church. I thank God for its people. I thank God for every person that call this church home. I thank God for every person that has received redemption here at this church, who's been filled with the Holy Ghost at this church. I thank God for people who's been healed at this church, who's received miracles because of this church. I thank God for the people that attend here faithfully. I thank God for the people that serve here. I thank God for the people that give here. I thank God for Grace Church. I'm thankful for all of you today. And I'm honored to be a part of such a great church. Everybody clap your hands again to the Lord. God's church is amazing, it's powerful, it's impactful, and it's growing. And you say, how can you say 
the church as gold because of a little verse found in Job chapter 23, verse 9. Job said when he was bottoming out at this horrible time of trial, he said, but he knows the way that I take, talking about God. He knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I want you to keep that verse in mind for the next little while. He said, when I'm tried, I shall come forth as gold. We're all transitioning, if you will. We're all in the process. Nobody likes the word process. But I'm not perfect. I'm a long ways from perfect, but I'll tell you this. I've been forgiven. And I'm going through a process right now before it's over with. In God's sight, I'm going to be gold. To Him, I'm going to be as valuable as gold. To Him, I'm going to be as meaningful as gold. And so are you because that's what the Bible said. We're going to come out of our trial and hardship with value to God. And when it's all said and done to Him, that redemptive process He paid for us on the cross is going to be worth it to Him. Because the Bible said He endured the shame of the cross for the joy that was set before Him. And that's taken people full of sin, full of addiction, that's hopeless, who's helpless, and He will take them and not only make something wonderful out of them, but make something literally eternal out of them that's going to live in that golden city called heaven one of these days. Hallelujah. So while we realize that there are some things that glitter that is gold, we all know that there's some things that glitter that isn't. As you look at the screen right now, if you had not heard the content and context of this message, and you were asked, what is that on the screen? What is that depicting? I imagine everybody in this building would say gold. It's not. It's not gold. What you're looking at is fake. What you're looking at is what is called fool's gold. Fool's gold is a common nickname for pyrite. Pyrite received that nickname because it's worth nothing. It's worth virtually nothing. But has an appearance that fools people into thinking that it is gold. The nickname Fool's Gold has been used by gold buyers and prospectors who are amused by excited people who would bring that to market thinking they have found gold. These people did not know how to tell the difference between a mineral called pyrite that you see on the screen and pure gold. And their ignorance caused them to look foolish. And that's where the term fool's gold came from. There are people here today that have yet to realize that living a life in sin is the same thing. It glitters. It's flashy. It's shiny. 
It's appealing, but it's not gold. Unless you're living in obedience to the Word of God, you think gold really isn't gold. You're living sinfully. You're living in possession of what's fool, what is called fool's gold. It's not real. It doesn't ultimately satisfy. It's not going to last. I want you to notice what Jesus said in reference to this in Matthew chapter 6. He said, Lay up not for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We must understand again, be the third time I've said this, the Word of God is what sets the standard. The Bible is what sets the standard. Living according to His plan, living according to His purpose is what will save us. And the devil has deceived people into believing that being sinful is okay as long as it's not real bad sin. I've heard people say that. I read a survey a number of years ago, and I'm quite sure in the direction that our world is going right now that it hasn't gotten better. It hasn't improved. But here in America, at least, our culture said it's okay to lie once in a while. As a matter of fact, if I can remember that survey correctly, the average person tells the little white lies about an average of five times a day. Have you ever been talking to somebody and they start getting real serious about their conversation and things they're telling you? And they say something like this. They say, now I'm going to be honest with you right now. Well, what have you been saying? Is that not, have you not been being honest? But people in our society today have a hard time with the truth. Acknowledging the truth, being truthful. And this ideology has crept into the church. That it's okay to lie a little bit here and there. As long as it's not a big deal. As a matter of fact, well, I'm not going to do that. I'll, I'll give away something and I won't do that. I like to tease you people by doing that. You'll wonder what was he going to say. Well, you may never know. But the devil has deceived people into believing that being sinful is okay as long as it's not real bad. I want you to notice what the Bible says about sin, period. Not heavy-duty sin, but little bitty sin. James said in James 1 verse 14, But every man is tempted when he is thrown away of his own lust and enticed. You're going after the glittery stuff, the sparkly stuff. And when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished. When you run the course, when you run sin out in every direction you can, when it's all said and done, the Bible said it brings forth death, period. That's the end of the story. Living a sinful life, living in sin, 
is not going to take you from here to heaven. It's not going to take you to that golden city we sang about a little while ago and now we're preaching and preached about it a few minutes ago. I want you to notice in Revelation 21.8, the Bible said, but the fearful, that word actually means timid and faithless. It could say the unbeliever. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, everybody that lies, not the little, don't exclude the little white lie telling people, all liars, all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is a second death. The unbelieving mentioned in this scripture is people that believes not, it's faithless. It means an infidel, an unbeliever, without Christian faith. We choose sometimes to differentiate between bad sin and not so bad sin. The Bible doesn't do that. To God, sin is sin. The Bible is very clear that the liar will receive the same judgment in hell that the murderer will. The adulterer will receive the same judgment as the murderer will. The drunkard will. The covetous will. The unbelieving will. All of these people will receive the same judgment. I present to you today that worldly pleasure has a tight grip on our lives. And it is imperative that we live our lives in accordance with with the word of God, Jesus said again in Matthew 16, For what is a man profited if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? I have literally just preached to you my introduction, this is what I've come to preach today. And I would value highly, I would appreciate highly your attention. I want to talk to everybody here today. Again, this is a, a January sermon. And those of you that have good memory, I hope you'll tuck this message away and not forget it. I know you're going to hear a lot more sermons this year. I hope you'll remember this one. I want to talk to our moms and dads here today. I want to talk to our, our young, our, our students here today and our children. I want to ask you a question. And I don't want you to answer, answer it generally. I want you to think about where I'm headed with the rest of this message today that some things that glitter are gold. I want to ask you today, are you gold as a person? I'm not talking about what you possess. I'm not talking about your lifestyle. I'm talking about your heart. I'm going to dig a little bit deep right now. What is your worth to the kingdom of God? When God looks at you, what does he see? What is your worth to the church, the kingdom? 
What is your word to your family? If you, if everybody in this building, and whether you realize it or not, and you don't have to be a visionary, I've been teaching on Wednesday night, you don't have to have a lot of vision to do this, you just live life every day. If you continue to live the life you're living right now for the rest of your life, you could call that you're going down a road, you're going down a path, where would it lead you? Where, if you live out the rest of your life on your current path, on your current trajectory, where will you end up, not just in eternity, but where will you end up as far as our lives are concerned? What would your legacy be if you lived throughout the rest of your life like you're living now? What will you be known for? When you stand before God, what would he say about you as a person? What would your family think? What would your kids think of you? Y'all bear with me. I'm going a little bit further with this. When you come to the end of the road you're currently on, when you come to the end of that road, if you stay on that road, what will God think of your relationship with him? What would he think about your level of commitment, living a life for him, representing him? What will, what will your family think? If you stay on the road you're currently on, when you, I don't want to be morbid, but when you're laying up here right in front of the pulpit in a casket, what are your kids going to say about dad? What are they going to say about mom? Will they remember you for your faithfulness to God, for your faithfulness to the house of God? Will they remember you for your commitment? Will they remember things about your prayer life when they heard daddy praying, when they heard mama praying? Will you, will you give them, are you giving them any memories of that? To encourage them, are you, is your lifestyle that you're living right now going to represent that good, moral, healthy, Christian lifestyle that people can celebrate in your life, that people can rejoice in your life and say, if anybody made it to that golden shore, this daddy did, this mama did. Or will you stand before God one day and hear him say, yep, you glittered. You were shiny. You were flashy. But you're not gold. Mom really glittered. But she wasn't real gold. Daddy really, really glittered. But he wasn't real gold. When you sin. That's when people are the most glittery. It's when they're sinning. And living in the world and doing their thing. I mean, church people aren't always that attractive. Their lives to, to people who live in sin, people who live in the world, the life of a church person is pretty much boring. You don't do anything. And from their point of view, I can understand it. We get up every morning, we go to our jobs, we try to live pure and holy and all that as we can. We eat... And the next day is rinse and repeat. But people in the world, 
to those of you in my class this morning, they don't understand what's on the inside. And they don't understand where this life ends, what's waiting on it when it ends. I want to illustrate my point today, and this is my sermon. Actually, I'm right at maybe a paragraph from my conclusion. I'm going to be real honest and I'm going to be real transparent. God has, I believe he has inspired me with this. But at the same time, Sister Murph will tell you for about the past two weeks, I've been a basket case on the inside. This has, this thought has got into my head so strong and so powerful. It's kept me up at night. I'm not trying to sound like a martyr nor a hero. I'm just telling you the truth. I want to go out on a limb today and get really personal with you and those of you that I'm going to talk about here momentarily I need your cooperation you all know who Sister Murph is I'm going to ask Sister Murph to stand bear with me honey just bear with me for a moment I'm not just pastor y'all understand that I'm husband and I have more faults and hang-ups and all that. And, and those of you that come here regularly have, have heard glimpses of that and so on in the past. But when it comes down to it, I have to be gold. I have to be the real thing. I have to be honest and pure and what have you because it's not just about me. Because the life that I live affects her. So I feel a strong, strong sense of accountability to her. Not only am I a husband and a pastor, but I'm also a father. I'll mention that I've been Sister Murphy's pastor for virtually the past 40 years. <laughs> I don't want to cause her to miss heaven because I'm not her real true blue husband, but I am a real true blue pastor. I want to be both. Y'all with me? So I've been her pastor virtually about 36, 36 and a half years. So if she gets to heaven, she makes it to heaven large in part, that responsibility is going to fall on me. Y'all feel me now? I'd like for Casey to stand. All of you know that she is my daughter. She's our music director. And I can't describe to you today, I've been her pastor virtually since she was born. The only church she's ever attended full-time, especially from some age of accountability, has been churches, two of them that I've pastored. One I started in Ohio and then this one. If she makes it to heaven, it's going to be large in part because her pastor has to be right. But I don't want to be just right as her pastor. I want to be right as her, her dad. And then... When she was about 15 or so years old, the person that would become her future husband came into the picture. Chris, would you stand? He's in the media booth, sitting, standing behind you. But now, I'm his pastor, but now I'm his father-in-law. And there has to be some element, there has to be some sense of honesty and purity. <laughs> I don't want to be the reason he don't make it. I don't want him, I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to offend him to some degree that he loses out with God and 
And now I end up coming short as his pastor. My son Marcus is not here, but he grew up in, under my ministry. His wife, Cassie, attended our church when we was in Baker for about a year until they married and they moved back to Lafayette. I'm responsible to these people, not only as a dad and a father-in-law, but my ministry is very impactful. It still is in their life. Well, then as time rolled on and Casey and Chris was married for a little while, along came two of the most awesome boys that I know. And they mean the absolute world to me. Noah and Joseph, would you stand? I can't be just a, a nice papa. They will tell you that sometimes papa strives at being nice and sometimes it's a heavy cross to bear. But more than being their papa. I've got to be their pastor. And I've got to lead them right as their pastor because I want these two to enjoy the beauty of that golden city. My family doesn't stop here. When I married, as we all know, and I've said it many times in the past, when I married Sister Murphy, I married into a family. And my mother-in-law and father-in-law, my father-in-law's gone on to his reward. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. But my mother-in-law has been at Grace Church now for, I believe, over 25 years. Would you stand? In all due respect, she's in her, I believe, her mid-80s. She's been under my ministry for a long time. I can't imagine the heartbreak that I would feel personally if something happened in my life that would cause her to get bitter, to get hurt, and to walk away from God. So she's been at our church now for 25 plus years. When we were in Baker, around the time my in-laws started coming, my sister and her family started coming. Lord, would you stand today if you would? Thank you. She texted me the other day that she's has had the baptism of the Holy Ghost now just a little over 70 years. But I couldn't live with myself if something happened and I caused her to lose out with God. Well, that's my sister. Now, her son came along. Brother Dave, would you stand? And uh, I remember when he was born, he was... About six weeks old when Sister Murphy and I married. Never dreamed then that he, I would be his pastor one day, but he was my first, first youth pastor in Baker. And his life rolled on and he married, married Sister Farah. Would you stand this morning? Their two kids was here. Dawson has, had an, has an issue with his foot. He don't have to stand unless he wants to. But Elena, are you here somewhere? Would you stand? Thank you. So now I have these people. Not just family, but now I'm their pastor. Are y'all still with me? And then came Steve. Steve, would you stand? I love this man more than words can describe. And I feel from Steve, every time I talk to him, a reciprocal 
but he loves uncle as he calls me sometimes. But I accept more of a role in his life than just that. I'm his pastor. This time we're alone, he married. And uh, about 13, 14 years ago, I guess, him and his family started attending Grace and came with, coming with him was his wonderful, beautiful wife, Sherry. Would you stand? Sherry was told that she'd never have children, but God had other plans. Thank God for that amazing miracle. And she has two, of, they both have two amazing kids here today, Heston and Avery. Would you all stand today? You want to know what drives me and motivates me? It's not only God himself, but these people standing here, they are a constant everyday reminder that Pastor Murphy, you have to be more than something that just glitters now and then. You have to be the real thing. Because if you're not, you could impact all of these people in a very negative, in a very bad way. I would like for all of our dads to stand here today. I'm doing everything I can to contain myself. Some of you have had your trials and you've had your moments of just incredible, incredible temptation but you're still here. But I want every last one of you to know, no matter how old or young you are, you still make an impact on either your spouse or your kids or your grandkids. Richard Taylor, I cannot imagine how wonderful and elated you must feel being at Grace Church here today because of all those sacrifices that you and your sweet wife, she's already gone on to her reward. After all y'all have done, all of your kids, and I believe all of your grandkids, are here today. And you still have impact. So if you mess up, if you fail, you're going to affect them. You, you, you have to be the real thing even when you're tired and you don't feel like it. You don't feel good. You all get the point. I want all of our mothers here today to stand. If there is any important people in this building right now, they just stood up. Because everybody here today knows that mama, mama has an influence. Mama has clout that nobody else has. And I have found in my own life, it didn't matter how old I got. And even when I was a father of two kids, my mother still had an amazing influence and impact in my life. And I can still hear her voice praying in our bedroom when I was a child. Now, I don't know what it would have done to me if my mother had failed. I'm happy to proclaim to you that my mother and my father-in-law attended our church. 
My mother died a member of Grace Church. I preached her funeral. I preached my father-in-law's funeral, and I was thankful to stand behind a pulpit like this one and say, I believe with all of my heart that if any two people made it to that golden city, these two people did. And I was so thankful to be able to grab them by the hand and take them on that journey so that when they died, they died pure gold. The rest of you can stand as our musicians come. When I stand before God, I want to hear him say, well done. Y'all hear me today as I bring this to a conclusion. A songwriter tells this story through the eyes of a husband. This family, according to the words of this song, and it's not a gospel song, but according to the words of this song, him and his wife and their young baby daughter rode the rodeo circuit. And after doing that for some space of time, mom got caught up in it. She loved to ride her horse and hear the cheer of the crowd. And she ultimately, as the words of the song says, she ultimately decided to leave her husband and to leave her very young baby daughter and build her life around riding a horse in a rodeo. I'm sure everybody here today has been at a rodeo. And you will remember that everybody seemingly that rides a horse for the show purposes of it, their outfits are loaded with sequins and rhinestones and all of that. Probably fake. But when this man watched his wife begin to abandon his family, begin to abandon her family, he was watching her ride one time. He noticed all the glitter. He noticed the sequins and the rhinestones glittering in the lights and the cheer of the crowd. And there's a line in that song that, that talks about, he said, I saw your picture on a poster. You're now the face of a rodeo and everybody says you'll make it big someday. And he said, I guess me and our little girl Conversely, her name is Casey in the song. He said, I guess you've moved on from us. He said, I guess we were in your way. And he said this statement. I'm sure that one day he told his wife, who now has been completely out of touch with him, didn't call the baby on her birthday. She's growing up. She needs her mama, all of that. He said, I'm sure one day you're going to know the cost because every time you win, there's something lost. 
said this in reference to his wife. He said, I've seen you ride out in your rhinestones and sequins, and I've heard the crowds cheer, but this is what I've come to learn, that everything that glitters isn't gold. You traded gold for the rhinestones and the sequins. You, you traded in gold. You traded in quality and substance and morality and all of that. You traded all that in so you could glitter in the bright lights and do it all. But when you come, when it comes right down to it, at the end of your life, honey, your legacy will not be your rodeoing and doing all of that. Your legacy will be in the eyes of your husband and your daughter, that you left us, you abandoned us, you forgot about us. You're glitter, but you're not gold. I want to say today with all of my heart and everything I have in me, I presented to you today what real gold is. It's God. It's a relationship with Him. It's the only thing that's going to last that beautiful city called heaven that we all can't wait to get to, that we all can't wait to be a part of. Um, the church, I know to some it's kind of a boring life, but if you look at where it's going to take you one day, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. So, so if you're looking for something that's glittery, that's golden, and real, set your sights on heaven. Don't live your life right now going down a road that's going to end up being valueless with no purpose. It's your relationship with God, your relationship with your family, and your relationship with the church is the greatest priority that there is right now. To give everybody in this building, I've been doing this for the past couple of weeks, doing my best to get my priorities straight. I want to get my attitude right. I want to be everything I can be. I want to be, I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good daddy. I want to be a good pastor. But more than all of that, I want to be just a good Christian. Because if I'm a good Christian, I'll be all these other things. So today, as they begin to sing softly, as our custom is here today especially to all of our guests and what have you. We'd like to ask you to come and join us around the front. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. While they begin to sing, I'd like for everybody here today to start thinking about priorities. Start thinking about what's really important. I want you to think about the life you're currently living. Where's it going to take you? Where you're going to end up at? When it's all said and done, where are you going to be? It's time to get our focus on heaven today. It's time to get our focus on him.
real gold, find the real thing.